Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Well, tonight we're believing that this word is going to hit you right where you're at. And I want everybody in the room, and if you're at home too, welcome to the platform, Dr. Cindy Trim. How's everybody doing? This is another great day on planet Earth. Any day above ground zero is a good day to praise the Lord. We thank God for you tonight, especially for our own Bible study group. This is our life group in Atlanta, Georgia, and we want to put our hands together to invite all of you from around the world. There are life groups meeting in just about every continent right now, and we are meeting simultaneously, and we thank God for each one of you because tonight is going to be an exceptional night. God is up to some Something great and he has you in his mind how many of you are excited to be alive today amen let's pray our father and our God we give you praise and honor and glory you have appointed our times and seasons our time is in your hand and we are asking you to teach us to number our days that we would apply our heart to wisdom father I thank you for the word that you have placed in my heart and your word is quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword it is your word that gives a light the entrance of the word of God gives a life and we thank you right now hallelujah that even as we receive the word of God it will transform our minds and our hearts that we in turn can be used of you so that we can transform this world until the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and you shall reign forever and ever speak through my lips think through my mind let there be none of me all of you I decrease so that you may increase bless your people let no one father hear this message and remain the same and wherever they are at this moment I pray for divine intervention I pray father that their deepest needs will be met for you are able to meet all of our need according to your riches in glory I thank you now father for the testimonies that will occur as a result of hearing this word. I pray that there will be no hindrances. There will be no distraction. And Father, there will be application for immediate manifestation of this revelation. Bless our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you still have a hallelujah left? Do you still have an amen left? We're believing that the Lord is going to do some great things. You may take your seat. I'm going to encourage you to take out your notepad and uh, your iPads and uh, your phones or whatever you are recording with. Because this message is going to be a transformative message. We're going to talk to you about time about time and it's something that we use um, every single day Uh, it's something that we have but we cannot keep it's something that we are given but we cannot manage ourselves and so as the Lord began to speak to me about destiny God talked to me about giving everyone resources that 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 are necessary for them to fulfill their purpose in the correct timing and one of the resources that God began to talk to me about today was the resource of 
time, the resource of time. So let's look at the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, verse 11. And over the next few uh, messages, we're going to talk to you about time. And, and what can anyone say about time that could keep us for a couple of messages? Well, you're getting ready to find out. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9 and 11. I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift nor to the bat nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all time and chance. In other words, every last one of us get the same amount of time. The wealthy didn't get more time than the poor. Uh, Asians don't get more time than Africans. Americans don't get more time than Brazilians. God gives, gives everyone the same amount of time. We all get 24 hours in a day. And then it goes on to be able to say time and chance happens to us all. That word chance can be translated opportunity. So that means within your lifetime, you are going to have an opportunity to do something great, an opportunity to succeed, an opportunity to live, an opportunity to prosper. So each one of us, before we die, will have an opportunity to change. We will have an opportunity to grow. We will have an opportunity to succeed. So opportunities are not reserved for just skilled people. Opportunities are not just reserved for developed countries. Opportunities are given to everyone. They're given to you whether you are Mexican or Brazilian or American or African, whether you are from uh, um, the Middle East or Central America, from the Amazon. Each one of us are given time, but all of us are given an opportunity. Now, this is important because with, with, when, when we talk about opportunities, we are also talking about you discerning a specific time for an opportunity. Now, Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, if you would go there with me, please. The Bible says to everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. A time for everything under the heaven. A time for every purpose. Now, if I were the enemy, would I fight you in the area of you receiving things? Or would I try to frustrate your time? Would I use distraction or subtraction? Which one would I use? Distraction, why? 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 Talk to me. To, to, to every, listen to this, everything has a season and a time for every what? Purpose. So why would I use uh, distractions? Why would I use distractions? Why would I want to break your focus? Why? Yes, because purpose is expressed according to a what? time frame. So if I wanted to abort what God wants to do in your life and through your life, why don't I just uh, distract you so you're wasting time? Because if, 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 I, if the devil can distract you and frustrate you so that you're wasting time, he can potentially abort purpose. So that by the time you, you come to yourself and you play catch up, you have what? Wasted your time. And time is something that once it's gone, you cannot get it back. Once the sun goes down and it is tucked in and covered by night, you cannot get that day back no matter how much you fast no matter how much you pray no matter how much you speak in tongues you cannot get that time back 
So time, therefore, is one of your most valuable resources. The Bible talks about there being a time to every purpose. So watch this. That word time comes from a Hebrew word, eth. Write that down. E-T-H-F. Now there's a scripture that talks about the set time to favor her has come. You remember that? And it's talking about Zion. Zion and the set time to favor her has come. That's that same word, F. And it's translated the most fortuitous moment for an event, an experience, or an opportunity to happen or occur. Watch this. To everything, there's a season. And the most fortuitous moment for your purpose to occur under the heaven. So that means that your purpose has a time frame for its expression. So that means now we have to wake up every morning and pray a, pr a simple prayer. Lord, teach me to number my days that I can apply my heart to wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is not just knowledge. It's not just information. Wisdom is the application of information and revelation and knowledge. It's the application. So you've got to know when to apply what revelation. It's not good enough for you to keep coming to church and get revelation that you never apply. It means that you're going to just keep stacking it up and stacking it up and stacking it up. There are three types of people that live in this world. Number one, people that watch things happen. Number two, people that ask what happened. And number three, people that make things happen. And you want to be on the end of making things happen. But not just making things happen, but making things happen at the right time. Why? Because when the time is right, all the elements fall into place. And you want to be on the end of discerning when that time is right. When the time is right for you to do something. When it, the time is right for you to write something. When the time is right for you to pray about something when the time is right for you to build something when the time is right for you to sleep when it's the time the time is right for you to be productive there are some people that are sleeping during the time they should be productive I've heard people that talk about I can't go to church why because I need to get my sleep they stay in too late but I've discovered that these individuals are not managing their activities according to time frames because when they should be sleeping and resting, they are up watching a serial television. They're up texting. They're up talking. In other words, when it's time for you to be sleeping, sleep. And when it's time for you to be awake, be awake. And don't get the two mixed up. When it's time to play, play. But when it's time to work, work, and don't get the two mixed up. Are you with me? Because there's a time for every purpose under the heavens. See, church doesn't make people tired. It's just that the assigned time that they should be sleeping, they're awake. And they're awake on other people's timelines. Turn to your neighbor and say, mind your own business. <laughs> There's the most fortuitous moment for an event, an experience, or an opportunity to happen. This is what scripture is saying. So please write, doing nothing with your time is atrophy and death. If you do nothing with your time, you're going to atrophy. You'll atrophy spiritually. 
You'll atrophy emotionally. You'll atrophy intellectually. You'll atrophy mentally. You'll atrophy socially. Doing nothing with your time is atrophy and death. Something is going to die if you do nothing with your time. Number two, doing the wrong thing at the wrong time is ignorance. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm concerned about your ignorance. Number three, doing the wrong thing at the right time is disastrous. You're doing the wrong, you got the right time, but you're doing the wrong thing. Number four, doing the right thing at the wrong time is a mistake. Number five, doing the wrong thing at the wrong time with the wrong people is failure. Number six, doing the right thing at the right time with the wrong people is frustration. Number seven, doing the wrong thing at the, wrong, uh, at the right time with the right people. Doing the wrong thing at the right time with the right people is confusion. Why isn't this working out? I'm confused. Right time, right people. But we're doing the wrong thing. Number eight, doing the right thing at the right time with the right people guarantees success. So we need to get it right. We just got to get this time thing right. Now, write this down. When you miss the timing to do something, your life spirals out of control and it costs you big time at the end of the day. But here's the good news. Joel 2 25. God said, I will restore to you the years that the locusts had eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. God is saying, I'm going to restore the years. Now, every year has its own opportunities. So the opportunities may not come again, but you will have a second chance. Have you ever thought in your life, I wish I knew that when I was 15. If I knew that when I was younger, I would have acted different. I would have chosen different. I would But here's here's the caveat. You were going to have a second chance. You're going to have a second chance at it. And this is why I love salvation. So let's talk to you about time. Let's talk to you about time. There are 40 things I need you to know and I need you to walk away with. And we're not going to give you all in this one series. When we talk about the DNA of destiny, we cannot leave this topic without challenging you concerning how you are using your greatest resource and that is time number one God created time he's the creator of time let's look at Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 to 5 Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 to 5 God is the creator of time the Bible said in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. The King James Version said moved upon the face of the water. Then God said, let there be light. There was light. God saw a light that it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light Day and the darkness he called night so the evening and the morning were the first day God created time now it is interesting with this text in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth now in studying out this particular text and I didn't want to take anything for granted one of the rabbis Rabbi Mordecai Beecher he said in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, Genesis 1 and 1. The, 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 the Hebrew tradition um, uh, that you would read in the Torah would have something called an anachta or a pause that, that they would use that was like a semicolon after the word created. 
in the beginning, God created, semicolon. Then it would say the, earth, the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. So he then that particular scripture would have a semicolon. And those of you that are English major simply means that a semicolon means I'm not finished with the idea. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what I'm talking about. So that means that that pause is, is like a semicolon and it's not there in the English. It's just after the word created. So the rule for this particular punctuation is that the phrase before the anachta must be able to read independently and stand alone. So this presents a problem because the phrase in the beginning, God created, it has no subject. So those of you, the, one of the things that we learn in the English language is if you have a sentence, you got to have a subject. If not, you can't talk about anything. In the beginning, God created. So you've got this noun, you've got this place, you've got an action, an adjective, but there's no subject. So it began to pose a problem. So the, the, in, in the Jewish Torah, they said then, therefore, in the beginning, God created. It has no subject. So what did he create? So the Jewish rabbi... Uh, 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 Jacob, he, he discusses this and he explains that the phrase should actually read God created beginnings. In other words, it, 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 it's not just in the beginning God created. It reads God created the beginnings. So in the beginning, in is not the same thing as at. At has to do with a place. In has to do with a position. So in the beginning, the beginning who happened to be God began the beginning. Because he is Alpha and Omega. So the beginning began the beginning and we call the beginning that he began time. God is the creator of time. So that means whatever begins with God has to end good. How do you begin your day? Because if you begin your day with God, if you begin your relationships with God, if you begin your strategy with God, if you begin your business with God, well, however you begin your beginning, if you begin it with God, it has to end up good. I decree and declare from today onward, you will not start anything without God. God is going to be in the beginning. He's going to be in the end. And he's going to be in everything in between. Whatever begins or starts with God ends good. This is the day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you, wake up tomorrow and decree and declare this is the day that the Lord has made. And no matter how my day starts, it's going to end good. No matter what goes on in the office, it's going to be good. No matter what goes on in your relationship, it's got to end good. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of light of whom there is no shadow of turning God is not shady there's nothing shady about God God is going to cause your life to end on a high note it may have started on a low note but it's going to end on a high note let there be Therefore, the first thing that God created had to be time. So he created time with a purpose for a purpose. Because everything that God creates, he creates with a purpose to fulfill a purpose. 
So creating time was a priority. That means correctly using your time should be a priority too. Amen. Psalm 90 verse 12. Your prayer. You're going to wake up in the morning. It says, so teach us to number our days. Let us use our time wisely. God, what should I be doing with this 24 hours? What should I be doing with this day? What should I be doing with this week? What should I be doing with this month? What should I be doing with this season? What should I, what, what should I be doing with this year? What should I be doing with my lifetime? Teach me to number my days. Every, make every day on this earth counts. Count. God created time, and since he created time, it is he, it is he that manages time. It is he that controls time. Therefore, I decree that you will let nothing else control your time. You will let nothing else, no one else, dictate to your time. I decree and declare since he created it, he's the only one that controls it. He's the only one that manages it. I decree and declare today your life is being unraveled from time wasters. I decree this is the last day that people will waste your time. I decree this is the last day you would waste anyone's time. I decree you will begin to pray a simple prayer. Lord, teach me how to manage my activities according to specific time frames. You cannot manage time. Managing time is a misnomer. You cannot have a time management program. Who has the power to manage something that God created so now we're going to change we are no longer going to be managing our time we're going to ask God show me what you had in mind for this month what activities should I be involved in what goals what vision what did you want to accomplish through me and as you pray you're going to say, God, if this is what you have to accomplish through me, you have given me 24 hours. Show me how to manage my activities now according to specific time frames. Let's look at Luke chapter 13, verse 6 to 8. Luke chapter 13, verse 6 to 8. Luke 13, 6 to 8. A familiar text. And I love the book of Luke. Why? Because... From my perspective, uh, the book of Luke is a gospel written. And when you read the book of Luke, I usually read it from the perspective of kingdom economics, biblical finances. So uh, everything has a context. So content has a context. So when I read the book of Matthew, I read it from the context of the king and his kingdom. When I read the book of Mark, I read it from the context of uh, servant leadership. When I read the book of John, I read it from the context of relationships. And when I read the book of Luke, I read it from the context of kingdom economics, biblical finance. So now this is all about kingdom economics, isn't it? Kingdom economics. And so since time is a resource, there is someone that said time is money. Time is money. So that therefore, if time is like money, money is used as a means of exchange. So that means that you're going to exchange your time for something. So when you go to bed at night, what is left over is what you exchange your time for. Listen to me carefully. If you go to bed frustrated, you exchange your time in exchange or you use your time in exchange for that frustration. Because, because you're exchanging time every single day, whether you realize it, whether it's conscious or unconscious. 
You are exchanging your time for something. Now, if you do nothing with your time, it means that what you're going to have left at the end of the day is what? Nothing. You are going to exchange your time for something. Time is always being exchanged. And no one taps out unless they become fertilizers uh, for roses. Roses. But otherwise than that, as long as you've got breath, you are exchanging your time for something. Whether you realize it or not. Some people sit on the couch all day, eating all day. So they may not have anything in the bank, per se, in terms of money. But they're sitting all day. They're watching TV, eating potato chips, eating candy, ordering pizza all day. Imagine doing that for 20 years. So what did they exchange their time for? Overweight? High blood pressure? Are you, are, are you following me? How you are using your time every single day. You're using it like money as a means of exchange. Watch this. Luke chapter 13 verse 6 to 8. He spoke also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in the vineyard and he came and sought fruit thereof and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of the vineyard, behold, these three years, three years time, I came seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. In other words, the fig tree should have been using its time to be productive. But there's, there's nothing, it's just, it's just consuming resources. The Bible said, Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? So that where it cumbereth. In other words, it, 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 is, it is taxing and exhausting and sapping and draining and weakening, 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 weakening the earth. It's pulling resources from the earth, but it's not giving back. The Bible said, give and it shall be given you. So that means that you cannot live in this world and act like a non-productive fig tree. You've got to use your time to give back, to contribute. You can't use all of the earth's resources and not give back. In other words, you were born to contribute something to human progress, to human success, to human peace. You were born to contribute something within your lifetime. What is that thing? So verse number eight, and he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also. Give me some time. This is what he's saying. Till I dig about it, dung it, and if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. In other words, God is going to give you time to be productive, to fulfill your purpose, to maximize your potential. But within that time frame, he's expecting productivity. Now, if you're not producing based on your potential, then God is going to visit you with another, uh, uh, giving you a revelation. And then he's going to assign a, a vine dresser, someone to come into your life that's going to challenge you to produce. And it's at the point of a specific revelation that it's time for you to produce. It is from that point you get 365 days to get yourself together. So just consider this. Every time God sends someone into your life and gives you a biblical revelation concerning what you should be doing. God gives you a year to at least get started. It's interesting because as I was reading the story of um, Esther, this is what her uncle said, Esther, your time has come. And God now wants you to become a deliverer to your people. 
And I can imagine her saying, the only thing that I'm qualified for is a beauty contest. That's my only success in life. I don't know nothing about military strategy. I don't know nothing about being a deliverer. I know how to look good. I can prepare a mean meal. But I don't know anything about being a deliverer of people. She could have said that. And her uncle said something, cautioned her. He said, it is your time. However, if you choose not to accept this assignment in this time, he said enlargement is going to rise from another place. In other words, the womb of heaven is always pregnant and your substitute has already been ordered. In other words, you're the one best qualified. Whether you see yourself as qualified or not. How do you know when you're qualified? When God gives you the revelation that that's your assignment. He doesn't, God doesn't need a, a, a resume. He just needs someone with vision. <laughs> resume talks about what you did. God is saying you got potential to do something more. And so here is this tree. And, 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 and it's not producing it's just consuming the resource. And God said, look, cut that tree down. And the husbandman said, listen, I realize the impending doom of this plant. And I realize it has not yet maximized its potential. And I realize it has not fulfilled its assignment. And I realize that it's taxing the resources of the earth. He said, just let me see if I could figure out what is prohibiting it from being fruitful. So the owner of the vineyard gave a specific time frame for it to grow, for it to fulfill its assignment in the earth. And he said, another year. Within one year from today's date, everything about your life could change for the best. It just takes time. And most of us do not value the prospering power inherent in time. So if you listen to this, between your last birthday last year and your birthday this year, you will have made a complete track around the sun without being an astronaut. A complete track around the sun and you're not even an astronaut. And you didn't do nothing. Can you imagine 365 days from today's date? If you could just do a little bit more than what you're doing towards fulfilling your purpose. Can you imagine where you're going to be a year from now? Yes. Just imagine if you get a revelation, a full revelation of what God has called you to do. And you just put just a little more effort into living your life deliberately and intentionally. Can you imagine where you could be financially, where you could be spiritually, where you could be professionally, where you could be socially? Teach me to number my days. Time is heaven's commodity and earth's currency. Lord Chesterfield said something. He said, know the true value of time, snatch it, seize it, and enjoy every moment of it. No idleness, no laziness, no procrastination. Never put off till tomorrow what you can do today. And I want you to memorize that. It's just a little, a little verse, Lord Chesterfield. Teach me to number my days was the declaration of David. Lord Chesterfield said, know the true value of time. Snatch it, sneeze it, seize it, and enjoy every moment of it. No idleness, no procrastination. Never put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Know the true value of time. Snatch it, seize it, enjoy every moment of it. No idleness, no procrastination. Never put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Know the true value of time. Snatch it, seize it, and no, enjoy every moment of it. No procrastination, enjoy every moment of it. Never put off till tomorrow what you could do today. I want you to write 
a phrase down. I will do it now. How many of you have ever gone on a diet before? And what do you say? This is going to be my last piece of cake. <laughs> this is going to be my last piece of fried chicken. This is going to be my last big meal. And I'm going to go on a diet tomorrow. Have you ever noticed that last piece of cake lasts a whole year? Because the next day, what do you do? Your last piece of cake. And the next day, what do you do? Your last piece of cake. And the next day, what do you do? The next. So one year later, if you lost, it found you again. Because what did you do? You procrastinated till tomorrow. And tomorrow never comes. Time is to life what wet is to water. Waste your time, waste your life. If you are unable to manage your activities according to specific time frames, then you will not be able to manage any other resource that God gives you. I'm going to say it again. If you're not able to manage your life according to specific time frames, then you will not be able to manage any other resource that God gives you. Whether that's finances or relationship or your health, you will never be able to manage any other relationships. Therefore, we've got to be vigilant in conferring with God concerning the timing of everything. God is a strategic God and he wants to give you wisdom for life and living. So wisdom is gained over time based on experience. That experience can either be yours or someone else. Wisdom is gained over time based on experience. That experience doesn't always have to be your experience. It could be someone else's experience. So the enemy is going to fight you in the area, this particular area, with distractions so that you waste time and you miss divine timetables. So that when, when we talk about the timing of the Lord, we are not only talking about the time as on a calendar or a day of the week. We're talking about a rhythm that heaven has for you. Have you ever seen somebody that can't dance? Or have you ever seen someone in the choir and the whole choir is going like this? And they're going in the opposite way, banging? They are out of timing. And what you want heaven to do is to synchronize you with God's timetable for your life. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 2. We're going to talk a little bit more about this in a few minutes. So let's talk about time. Time was created by God for a purpose. So that we can fulfill our purpose within a specific time, time frame. We call that time frame a generation. So uh, each one of us are given our generation. And then once our generation goes, there's an emerging generation that comes. And then it's going to be their time. So we don't want you to miss any more timing because your, your time to accomplish something can actually age out. So then the, the, the emerging a generation is going to be right on your heels. So you want to make sure that when your time comes for you to do something, you're doing it. Can you imagine the person who um, created and in, invented the horseshoe? Have you ever noticed when you go to Sears and Robux, there's no horseshoes there? You got to go on Amazon.com to look for horseshoes. Why? We don't ride horses anymore. We drive cars that have horsepower. So the time for riding the horse came and went. And now this is a generation of what? Horsepower. And so can you imagine the family that did not change with time? 
Can you imagine them saying, well, uh, my great-granddaddy, he invented the horseshoe, and we're going to hang on. No, your time has come and gone. We don't shoe horses anymore. We get the horsepower of our engine fixed. Nobody goes to a, 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 a car dealership and say, do you have any horseshoe? You ask about the horsepower. How fast can this car go? And so when your time comes to do something, write something, speak something, say something, you got to go ahead and do it. Write it down one more time. I will do it now. I will do it now. God has given so many people vision. Vision to go somewhere, do something, write a book. God gives us vision, insight, dreams to start a business. And everyone waits when my children get older, when I retire, when I get enough money. There's always some excuse. The next enemy of, of time or, or managing your time according or managing your activities according to time frames is not only procrastination, it's fear. It's fear of failing. We're afraid of failing. What if I fail? But what if you succeed? We buy up so much contingency insurance that we don't have enough resources left to do what we're called to do. We just need to do it now. Whatever God is telling you to do. If he says start a business, before you go to bed at night, at least name the business. Put a time frame. When are you going to get uh, the business name uh, uh, copyrighted or trademark? And uh, when are you going to incorporate? And you've got to put time frames to it. Writing a book. When are you going to start writing the book? When are you going to finish writing a book? I have some friends that have been writing a book for 25 years. And I asked them, you know, what, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just, just finishing up the introduction. Well, that's 25 years. When are you going to do the conclusion? And the reason why people never finish it, because they never look at activities like a project. So, so everything that you're doing, think of it as a project. A project is a high level activity. How does it become high level? It has a start date and a completion date. The Bible said to everything, there's a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. Watch this. A time to be born and a time to die. What does that mean? There's a start date for everything and an expiration date. A day when something should be finished, something should be completed, something, there's a consummation date. So, so don't, don't just drag through the week. When are you going to do what? And you've got to be deliberate with it. So let's get into some deeper things. Time. What is time? Time is a dimension within eternity. So we talk about the passage of time. It means that the day that you're born, you're, you stepped into time. The day that you die, guess what? You step out of time. So that means that if, if eternity past is like a room and eternity future is like a room, time has to be the corridor. That you're moving from one room to another through the corridor or the passage of time. So we move from eternity past into eternity future, and that period in between is called time. So time is a dimension. Therefore, as a dimension, time operates on a continuum called life and death. Write it down. It's a continuum, and it's called life and death. That makes, listen to me carefully, your death date more important than your birth date. We celebrate birth dates, but we really should celebrate death date. Why? Jesus was born in the fullness of time. He existed in eternity. He entered time at his birth date and ex exited at the appointed time to return into eternity. And on his death date, God gave him a name 
which was above every name and elevated him until he became the king of kings and the Lord of Lord. That means that your future is more important than your past. It means that the past and the present and the future are linear dimensions that require two things for you to, to appreciate it. Number one, it requires imagination and number two, it requires memory. Your imagination and your memory makes you a time traveler. We are all time travelers. Your imagination allows you to travel into the future. Your memory allows you to travel in your past. Your past has nothing new to say to you, so you might as well listen to your future. Therefore, when we use our imagination, we travel forward. When we use our memory, we travel backwards. And there are so many people traveling backward when they should be traveling forward. We are all time travelers. Whether you realize it or not, you are a time traveler. I am a time traveler. Put your books down for a minute and let me show you how you travel in time. You ready for this? We are going to start traveling in time right now. Now watch this. I want you to sit quiet for a moment. Just sit quiet. Now get up for a moment. And those of you that are viewing, I want you to get up as, as well. It may look crazy to your family, but just go with me for now. Now, just put your hands out like a, you're a airplane. Put it out. And please don't hit people. Move away from people. Move away from people. Now, just move around the room. Just move around the room. Keep your arms out. Move around your room. Move around your room. Move around. Move around. Now, are you traveling? You're traveling, right? Now fly back to your seat for a moment. Fly back. So you have just time traveled. How do we know you time travel? Look at your watch. Look. What time is it? All right, so now put your hands back out one more time. Put your arms back out one more time. Look at your watch. Look at the second hand. I'll monitor the second hand. All right, put your arms out. It's 48, 47 seconds, 46 seconds, 45 seconds. Go, travel, fly. Keep those arms out. Keep those arms out. Now fly back and travel to your seat. And sit down. You just did some time traveling. Why? I'm looking at the clock again, and we started out at 58 seconds. It's 17 seconds. So that means that you traveled uh, 58, 17. How much is that? 58, 17. Come on, y'all. 41 seconds. You traveled through time for 41 seconds. Now watch this. Put your books down. Remember you were moving and you were flying. So you're time traveling. I don't want you to do anything. Don't blink. Don't move. Don't breathe. Do nothing. Don't move your feet. Don't move your eyes. Sit quietly. All right, you could blink. Blink. Now did you move? Did you move? Now you remember before we were traveling, we moved, we were traveling, but did you move just now? All intents and purposes, did you move? No. So were you traveling? Were you traveling? Were you traveling? You see, even though you were not moving, you were still what? Traveling through time. So if you're sitting doing nothing, you are what? Wasting your time even still, even though you're a time traveler. So you might as well have something to show for it. And not just sit and wait and wait and wait. Because you're wasting your what? Time. And time is money. And time is your resource. 
And when God comes back, he wants to know, what did you do with your time? Do you have anything to show for it? Are you like the fig tree? No fruit, no productivity. Are you consuming the precious resource of time and not giving back anything? That means if you're just sitting there, time has slipped away from you, even though you're traveling. We have the ability to travel back. That's called memory. We have the ability to travel forward. That's called imagination. And imagination is more powerful than memory. It's more powerful than memory. You cannot go backwards to change anything about your past. But you can start all over again by starting now to use your imagination for your future. Listen, you can have a greater and more glorious ending. Imagination is more powerful than memory. Remembering or regretting the past can do nothing to change the past. You cannot go back to create a new beginning, but you can start now by using your imagination to create a new ending. Did you get that? Just because you're moving forward doesn't mean that you're moving on. We want you to move forward and we want you to move on. We don't want you to be like Lot's wife. She became a pillar of salt. What does that mean? It means that she moved forward, but she did not move on. She could not forget those things which are behind. And this is one of the reasons why the city of Sodom and Gomorrah had to burn down. Why? God burnt it down so that they have nothing to go back back to. I decree and declare today you are crossing over and you are not going to go back to Egypt. You are not going to remember the fish and the leeks. You are not going to say that your bondage is more um, better than your freedom. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I am decreeing and declaring that you will not allow your life to have a, a, a worse ending than what it began with. I decree today you are crossing over over. When you die, your time on earth is going to be represented by a dash suspended between your birth date and your death date, and that's what's going to be on your epitaph. You stepped into it the day you were born, and you are going to step out of life, and you are going to step out of time the day that you die. And there's a woman by the name of Linda Ellis. She wrote a poem entitled Dash, and she said, I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on her, on her tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that the first came the date of her birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between the years. For that dash represents all the time that she spent alive on the earth. And now only those who loved her know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spend that dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If you could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that that special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's action to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your day? dash. The dash represents all your life. So how can someone reduce someone else's life to a dash? It is because they can only live their life and they can never live yours. So that dash represents the time frame God gives you to fulfill your purpose. 
And what is left is what people remember, what you said and what you did and how you spend that dash. It's interesting that your epitaph is going to read your birth date and your death date. And then for all the years that you've been alive, they're going to put a dash there. But I'm going to say this. Time is going to record everything that you did. And history will never be allowed to forget you. You're going to live in such a way that your life is really going to meta. And even though on your epitaph it's going to say a dash, you're going to leave behind a book that's going to carry your name. A building is going to carry your name. A street is going to be named after you. You are not going to leave this earth without the next generation knowing that there once lived a woman, there once lived a man with your name on it. Time is more than a dash. It's everything that you did in between. Time is a dimension. Time is cyclic. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 16. Time is cyclic. It's cyclic. So it's, it, time is a dimension between eternity. And when you die, they put that little dash. Make your dash matter. Make your dash count. Make a dash for it. But make sure you leave your imprint. Time is also cyclic. Ezekiel 1, 16. Ezekiel 1, 16. Time is a dimension. We're all time travelers. Time is heaven's resource, earth's commodity. Time is cycling. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.